Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 50 with service to the Taskmaster House. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember, if your neighbor starts rambling about how they are the Taskmaster and your time has started now, better get going. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Rich Inman and Matt Singer. How are you boys doing today? Guys, really we're, we're 50. This is, this, oh, yeah. this is episode 50. I, I got a card in the mail from the American Association of Retired Podcasts, and we're, we're 50. <laughs> we did it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, you. Thank you all for sticking with us for so long. Um, I am doing terrific. I, yeah, th- I'm feeling, I, I think 50 is the new 40, so I'm, I'm feeling loose, I'm feeling limber, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to talk about a show that uh, I have only <laughs> seen clips of on YouTube. Yeah, I'm ready to buy a sports car and uh, also just start going to martini <laughs> bars now for some reason. Uh, but... You're having a mid-pod crisis? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we transition to just being a book club? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, <laughs> just really quick to, any, to anyone who has listened to all 50 of these um i'm sorry you're you're dumber for it but you have a uh you you would absolutely die for hey. brandon tartikoff a name that probably didn't mean anything to you 50 weeks ago and uh i i hope that uh carries some weight for you in this life yeah i i guess you know <laughs> because we were at 50 and i want to be a little bit sentimental about it what has been for each of you one of your favorite moments? Jeff, actually, moments? we're running out of time. Oh my god! <laughs> what has been one of your favorite moments, Rich, of recording this podcast? Oh god! Um, I mean, honestly, any moment where we have a guest join us too. Like, obviously, it's a an amazing opportunity to get to just talk to you guys every week uh, because we are all living in different areas. Uh, Max and I live a full 40 minutes away from each other. So that's basically like a long distance friendship. <laughs> and, uh, but also, like, it's shocking the amount of people who have been super kind and like ready to to jump on a podcast about talking about their favorite show, even if we do make fun of it a little bit. Um, I'm super thankful for all of them. And we're going to have a lot of those people back because uh, we've, they've all been, they've all texted me immediately after saying, Oh my God, I need to do X, Y, Z show. And yeah. How about you, Jeff? Yeah. I, I would say even to add on that, Rich, we have guests or former guests text us when we haven't had them on a show when we talk about yes. something that they love and they're very angry about it, about it. And then we get angry. That reminds from me, them. I should unblock JW. Yeah. We have a very, <laughs> we have a very possessive inner circle here. Oh yeah. And I, I would say, I think it's just really been great to not only work with some awesome guests, but also very thankful for the fan base that we do have of friends as well as people we've never met. Uh, texting us or shooting us DMs with suggestions of things they want to hear our dumb opinions on. Uh, So you know what? Keep on sending (laughs) those DMs our way because if you want to hear three dum-dums talk about high-concept TV, then uh, we can't wait to hear from you. Uh, Max, what about you? I got to say the coolest one for me has been getting an actual shout-out and recognition from Bill Lawrence himself on covering one of his shows. That was a really fun moment. Obviously, 
uh, hometown hero, alum of my high school as well. And just the fact that none of these people have blocked us on social media. Like, I, I'm really shocked <laughs> that I could still view all of Mark Wahlberg's social media accounts. <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, well, Despite your many attempts to take him down. Oh, my God. I'll do it. I, I just want to work out with Mark Wahlberg at his basement gym at 4 a.m. in the morning. That's all I want to do. Like, how hard can it oh, be? Careful, no. Jeff. We'll make you a Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> he can try. This is... Uh, this is bad because does that mean we now have to do Wahlburgers as a strike friendly episode? No, no. Mark, 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 <laughs> come on the show. Like, come on the pod. You only Mark. have to come on the pod for. I only need you for ten minutes. That's all the questions I have. How, how many of them are there? There's, there's Mark. There's Dottie. There's uh, Terrence, Stephen, Tito, Tito. <laughs> Drama. Uh, there's also drama. <laughs> there's turtle. There's Donatello, Michelangelo. Drama Wahlberg sounds like a <laughs> drama. War- Wahlberg is absolutely someone's name at like an art school in the valley here. Holy shit! Uh, well, for those of you who are maybe here for the fiftieth time, uh, maybe here for the first time, Max, do you mind telling folks what this podcast is all about? Here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of TV's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We learn about how these shows came to be and were originally made, if they're effective pilot episodes making us want to watch more, and if they can be made today. Go back and stream 49 other amazing episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. Check us out on YouTube to see our beautiful smiling faces. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. And Rich, what is your question of the week? Well, now this is our, I believe, third episode since the strike that involves a foreign TV show. And I would love to know what is a current foreign TV show or or past one that you're revisiting that is uh, one of your favorites right now. Max, I'd love to hear from you first. All right. So I'm going to go with an, an, an unscripted and I'm going to follow it up with the scripted. Uh, for the unscripted one, Ooh. British game shows and British dating shows destroy American ones. We we <laughs> don't hold a candle into how absolutely bonkers they could get. And I was in Europe earlier this summer. And when I was in London, as every time I've been there, I find myself hypnotized by a show called Naked Attraction which is where a person Wait, yes, yes. has uh, to choose from, I believe it's like five or six people in a dating competition. They get to ask them questions, but during each round of questioning, there's a different section of the person's torso, totally uh, naked and exposed for them to judge on live TV with no editing or blurring whatsoever. And then at the end of this, they just film them going on a regular first date. And it's always <laughs> so awkward. It's just them sitting in a cafe <laughs> trying to actually get to know each other after they've both seen each other's genitals on national TV. Um, from a scripted perspective, I haven't watched a ton of it, but I've been super impressed with the Channel 4 series, Stat Let's Flats, um, which was created in stars uh, Jamie Dimitro, who you are now seeing in more and more like big mainstream American projects I'm super excited about, but it's a little... Uh, like indie comedy about an apartment rental company in rural England. 
Uh, it, it's super funny. Go check it out. It's won a lot of awards and BAFTAs over the UK, and it's definitely worth your time. Rich, I, I'm curious what what are uh, what are your foreign TV uh, must watch? Well, okay, so I also have two. I'm bringing two to the table here. Um, unfortunately, both of them I have found through an American streamer who shall go who shall go nameless. Um, so I'm not like wildly tapped into what's happening in TV outside the U.S. Um, but obviously, in you can see how many uh, people are are in love with this series based on how many of the actors have now gone on to do bigger things and including uh, three of the actors now having key roles in the Barbie movie, but sex education is a terrific show. That's definitely one of, that's definitely one of my favorites. I mean, including um, the new doctor who is, is from that show. Um, also. Okay. So I'm going to did one, one in English and I'm going to do one, not in English. And then another show, which I think all anyone listening is going to fall in love with, is The Glory, which is a K-drama that is also on said streamer. Um, and it is absolutely phenomenal. I ha- cannot talk about this show enough. It is a revenge fantasy, basically, uh, of this uh, young woman who is bullied mercilessly by friends uh, and classmates and family as a young girl. And... Uh, as an adult uses all of her time planning elaborate revenge on all of them. And it's funny. It's uh, exciting. It's like, it gets, it elicits a lot of emotions out of you and it's just a terrific show. Um, Yeah. Go check out the glory. And for myself, I'll bring two to the table as well. Um, The first one I'll do is probably lesser known globally, but it has a couple of really big name actors associated with it. Misfits. Um, Imagine if X-Men was uh, R-rated. That is this show. It is absolutely (laughs) bonkers. Um, Robert Sheehan, Antonia Thomas, uh, Ewan Rian. Uh, from Game of Thrones is in it. It's absolutely wild and highly, highly recommend. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you where to find it, but you go and find it. Um, the other one, I am surprised neither of you two brought up because I think it is a global phenomenon. And that is The Great British Bake Off. Uh, the Great <laughs> British Bake Off oh, is sure. literally one sure. of my favorite things in the world. When it is... On a certain streamer in the U.S., it is appointment television for me on Fridays to watch that and watch (laughs) how happy and joyous everyone is. And if you want the bitchy version of it, uh, watch Great British Bake Off Professionals where they yell at the contestants and are very mean to them. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. So So, yeah, I I would say that. I, I definitely have a style of TV that I absolutely adore. And I think those shows are just magnificent television as a whole. Um, Rich, thank you for that awesome <laughs> question of the week. Uh, before, we, before we talk a little bit more about our show this week, Taskmaster, uh, a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Um, Well, this week, gentlemen, we are diving into really a unique show for us, our first panel TV show known as Taskmaster. 
Uh, but before we dive in too deep, a quick synopsis. Greg Davies and his assistant Alex Horn challenge five comedians to compete in a series of wacky and funny challenges to win back their own possessions that they have forfeited. I actually think that does a poor job of explaining this show. Uh, but Max, before we dive <laughs> in too deep and are, are given our first task, can you tell us a little bit about how this show got made? So today we are talking about the premiere episode of Taskmaster titled Melon Buffet, which aired on July 28th, 2015 on the TV channel Dave. Uh, Dave is a subsidiary of the BBC Studios named in part because, quote, everyone knows a bloke named Dave. That is a real quote. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's a terrible reason. <laughs> I like how all of the American TV channels are now just these like shortened conglomerate mashups and over in England it's like this show's called this channel's called Dave because so, people like Dave. <laughs> I, I think that while we make fun of that, there is a gigantic streaming platform that shares the name of one of our co-hosts right now. So like maybe they were onto something. <laughs> Kerbis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we are that talking actually, about that actually would be a decent Alec, streamer now. <laughs> we are talking about the comedian Alex Horn today, who is the creator of Taskmaster, and the TV show's origins stem from Horn's live show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2010. Uh, Horn is a veteran of the festival, having put up solo shows as a comedian there since 2000. And creating Taskmaster is actually not Horn's first foray into competition shows as a whole. He worked as a logger for the British version of Big Brother as a day job meaning he had to sit at a computer and write down every single thing that was happening on TV and said by contestants for transcription purposes. That sounds awful. Oh, that's the worst. So in 2009, <laughs> Horde was unable to attend Edinburgh Fringe that year and claims that he was filled with envy, anger, and an unhealthy jealousy at his best friend, Tib Key, who we see on this episode, for winning the Comedy Award and vowed to reclaim glory the following year. Horde spends a year preparing his revenge for Fringe, and emails 20 comedians asking them to take part in a live show he's planning. In preparation, they will have to complete one task that he would send them each month. The first challenges were, put as much money into my bank account, most money wins, and <laughs> find me a hedgehog. Horn has said that the majority <laughs> of comics would just deposit one single pound into his account, except for one person who sent him $200. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Jesus. question for you guys, if I said, deposit money to my bank account, just Venmo me money, most money wins, what are you giving me? Oh, jeez. What, what do I win? This this <laughs> is a I great way. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. You just got to give me a, money. This is a great way to see how your friend, how much your friends value your friendship. Uh, because... Also, <laughs> no, it's not inside looking at no, their finances. Sure, it sure isn't. <laughs> One uh, Dogecoin. I'm, I'm, I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm gonna forget that you texted me. <laughs> All right, fuck, fuck you both. I'm starting my own podcast. Anyway, back to Alex Horn. Uh, at the 2010 edition of Fringe, Taskmaster debuts in a drunken two-hour live stage show that becomes a huge hit in talk of the festival. The following year, Horn brings it back for a second edition and films it. He teams up with the production company Avalon to try and finally bring it to TV. 
The show ends up being a really hard sell as Horde has to convince networks that the show had to air as if it were a sitcom as opposed to traditional panning sh panel shows, meaning they would have to air the same comics for an entire series uh, and to trust that there was a narrative arc that would build as they faced off multiple times in a row trying to win that edition. The rights of the show do become purchased by Dave, and it airs in 2015. Comedian and BAFTA nominee Greg Davies was installed as the show's host, with Horde taking on sidekick duties. And that's going to take us to the Taskmaster house. All right, let's, uh, let's open up Beautiful. the task of talking about this show. And let's just start off okay. with the snazziest intro uh, we've had in a while. It's because just British. I, I, I love it. I love a horn section. The band that performs this is literally called the horn section. It is Alex Horn's band, uh, which is absolutely just brilliant. Uh, and yeah, no, 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 no. He gets no points for puns. Oh, I, I love, I, I love a good pun. But I think that the yeah, place. we start off with a little bit of excitement of seeing a little bit of a variety of what is going to be happening on this entire program. Um, and the tasks that are set to come. But after this intro, we are introduced to Greg Davies, um, our taskmaster that then asserts the concept of, in this show, I, Greg Davies, make some accomplished but needy comedians do stupid things for me. That is, th those are the rules of the game. Because he's a instance. powerful man. Don't, don't forget that. It's because he is a powerful man. That is the only exposition we need. And I, I think that, you know, we, we do have to judge this as a pilot. It does give us the idea of what are the rules of the game in this instance. And there's going to be some ridiculous tasks. There's a guy who's supposedly powerful who's going to be scoring those tasks. And supposedly there are prizes and glory at the end of all of this. Rich, I mean, not knowing who Greg Davies is probably when you immediately watched You're this correct. podcast uh, or this TV show, <laughs> what were your thoughts about just the premise in general explained by this gigantic man? Well, Okay, so I know he's making, he's obviously making a lot of jokes in this, and uh, the reason that they're doing this. And I think what held me up the most, the, the biggest, like, um, hurdle to my suspension of disbelief is, like, why they're all doing this. Like, the prizes aren't good. Uh, it's not like they're donating any money to charity. It seems like, I don't know who Greg Davies is. I don't know how he's quote-unquote powerful, but I... I if this is like the equivalent of like a comedian appearing at a network executives, like son's bar mitzvah for me, like this is like, <laughs> it, it's like that level of like, Oh, I owe Greg Davies one. So I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to taskmaster. But also a lot of these shows seem to just be like, it's fun for the sake of fun, which I think is like, I don't know. It's pretty admirable. I guess that's my, my American capitalist mindset going, why aren't they getting paid for this? Or like, why are they competing well, well, so hard for nothing? Rich, to answer your question, Greg Davies is powerful for two reasons. One, he is in fact six foot eight, uh, giving him a large, powerful stature. <laughs> he is taller than most comedians by at least a foot. Um, and then also, he co-starred in the BAFTA-nominated BBC series, Cuckoo, co-starring Taylor Lautner and Andy Samberg. Hell so yeah. put some respect on his name. Um, but okay. I, I, think, I think there's something about 
the like the British style of panel comedy, which is that it has a relaxed, like shoot the shit kind of vibe to it that is just so popular. I mean, keep in mind, there is a smash hit show in the UK right now called Gogglebox, where people filled themselves in their own homes watching and reacting to yes. TV shows. And a lot of people tuned into that. The the bar really? for stimuli in England is a lot lower than what we have <laughs> in the US. You could get away with a lot simpler stuff. They all go, all right, what's all this then? And then they tune in episode after episode after episode. All right. Well, you you just wait until my new streaming service, Dangling Keys, in front of a British audience really takes I'll, off. I'll give you $5 million right now. <laughs> Deal. Well, let's just establish a few additional things that happen, and then um, we can talk a little bit more about what actually happens, right? So in this, the things that the synopsis got right, right? There are five comedians who make up our panel of contestants in this instance. Alex Horn, uh, not only the mind behind this show, but also in the story, in the lore of Taskmaster, is Greg Davies' personal assistant. Uh, the man with the tablet uh, who is putting all the scores together and watching over all these tasks being done. I think one of the funniest like visual gags is the uh, the iPad mount onto the really ornate chair. I think that like it's like it's literally affixed into the chair uh, arm itself. Yeah. Like I I thought that was very funny. Ever I got a chuckle every time I saw that. Well, there, and, there was this like high low theatricality too. We filmed this in a like balconied old theater. There's people sure. in like the boxes mm -hmm. on the sides. Like we're watching you know, a, a play in the early 20th century. They could have easily done this on a TV set, but they choose to keep this kind of ornateness to it. So it's it's the nice wooden chair with the, the janky iPad mount on it. It's doing embarrassing tasks with dry comedians in a really, really pretty historic theater. And that's kind of like, I think that that balance is part of what makes it interesting to people. Yeah, and I, I do love the idea of this is a production, right? This is not like your ordinary panel show, but we still need that audience participation. We need that live laughter and that live reaction to some of the tasks that we are set to see, uh, set to be done by the comedians that we have brought here today. Um, so rather than us just talking about five comedians who probably most of our audience has never heard of. Max, you had a pitch for Rich and I that I think we should let the audience in on. Yeah, so so today we're basically just going to break down each of the five tasks. We're going to explain the rules, and then we are going to aggressively debate what our uh, strategies would be to accomplish these tasks ourselves, and which of the TVPL hosts would win each of these tasks, and subsequently this episode of Taskmaster. And we will be keeping a live score across if you watch us on youtube across each of our heads but we will also uh let you know the final <laughs> score at the end of the podcast so our first task gentlemen is the prize task uh and points will be awarded by how impressive the items are that have been donated but also what is the most unusual item that you are willing to donate in the cause of glory 
With that being said, Max, what is your most unusual item? All right. So just over to my left, I'm actually going to grab this really quick. I will be right back. He's not a baseball player, but I've got an Elton John Dodgers bobblehead right here. <laughs> From Elton John Day at Dodger Stadium, dressed in his classic outfit from his 1970s Dodger Stadium concert. All right. Rich, what about yourself? That's beautiful. Um, I have a painting up on up here that uh, I don't know if you can tell. This is a piece of artwork that has a uh, woman with a thong whale tail situation going on. Looks like she's uh, dropping down to go pick something up. And uh, as you can see, there's a little bit of a uh, tattoo situation happening on her lower back. And uh, that tattoo reads diarrhea. And uh, I don't know why we have it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who made it. And uh, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But uh, that is what I think I'm putting up for, uh, for this challenge. And I have... A coaster, and if you're watching, I'll do the little influencer thing, and it says Thunder Pumpkin on it. Uh, and you might be wondering, what is a Thunder Pumpkin? Well, if you take the last name Kerbis and take it from its original translation, Kerbis <laughs> is actually the uh, word for what? pumpkin. Uh, and then if you take my Hebrew name, uh, which is Barak, uh, then you have Thunder pumpkin uh and this was created by an agency that i worked at as an award for the top employee <laughs> of the month wow. uh and they sent me a coaster uh that is on stone uh so i use this every single day but i i would say gentlemen let's be honest who do we think has the worst <laughs> unique item oh i i'm at i'm at last I mean, I, I'm, I'm at last mine's a baseball stadium promo and, it's not that weird compared to what Rich, you guys have i'll be honest i didn't you, want to say it <laughs> you have diarrhea in your home uh and it is not in a toilet so i think you definitely win <laughs> <laughs> jeff yours is yours is pretty elaborate though that's definitely that's a weird one i love that all right so I am keeping score, and right now Rich is in the lead with three. Max is in last with one, and I am in second with two. You went uh, about those rankings <laughs> so weird. You went out of order to give a score. <laughs> What's hey, wrong this with is how you? you? This is how you keep it ramp. This is how you keep it vamping. You gotta have. You gotta make things longer. You got forty-five minutes to kill with commercials. Oh my god. Uh, well. Excellent job with our first task, gentlemen. Uh, but now let's get into how a little bit more about how this show works. So after this in-person task of talking about these prizes, the banter amongst comedians happens. We have our first pre-filmed task. And the way that they edited this, I thought was super duper impressive, right? Right. You have the natural pairings of people's behavior being paired together rather than showing someone do something for the full length of time it took them to do it. But instead see, you know, in this instance, our task is eat as much melon as you can in a single minute. Uh, very simple. You have as much time as you'd like to prep, but once the door to the room that has the melon is opened, your time begins. Um, before we dive into how we would eat the melon, 
I would love to hear from you too, mm -hmm. as far as was there anything that stood out in how our fellow competitors ate their melon? I, I mean, I, I think it's that there there were people who just weren't prepared whatsoever. <laughs> I, I mean, the the use of any sort of utensil in this challenge is going to kill you in real time. You do not have time to actually slice and dice and carve this melon. Uh, you just have to like go in on it. Like decorum and decency be damned. Rich, what about you? Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, I mean, as we'll see in how the competitors uh, go about their day or go about this challenge. Um, yeah. The, uh, you know who really surprised me was Josh, actually, uh, going in with the spoon and knife situation and, and tackling <laughs> it that way. But I also I also just want to say, like, the adding the element of all of these people going separately and not knowing each other's times or anything like that is so fascinating. And I love that. I love that as the bit so much. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited to see how you guys would do this challenge. And I, what I will say is one of the reasons that I enjoyed this pilot so much was it's the concept of Max as our actor. It's not regular improv, right? We've all experienced the yes and the ideas from the crowd, the thinking on your feet. This is literally thinking on your feet to complete an actual real life thing and seeing some very witty people try to do that in varying levels of success as a whole. With that said, though, I want to hear how you two gentlemen would go about eating as much of a fairly large watermelon as quickly as possible. Remember, in the Taskmaster house, you do have a full kitchen at your availability, uh, as well as a tool shed of different lawn tools available to you as well. Alrighty, I, I think... I think I, I have to stick with my guns here and not get dragged into tools and actually have a decorum here. So I am going watermelon slammed on side edge of table long ways. I'm mm. going I'm going I'm going horizontal. I'm going hot dog style on the watermelon. And I'm trying to get as much of a crack in there as possible. Okay. And then I'm just I'm just shoveling from that point on. I'm going hand in and I'm shoveling. We're getting fluid motion in there and, and I'm taking that bad boy down. Rich, what about you? Alright, so I thought a lot about this when I was watching this. I'm like, I'm watching, you know, uh, Russian. Is that how you pronounce her name? Roshin, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, Roshin. I'm watching Roshin, like, take your sweet-ass time with this, which is uh, <laughs> uh, immediately the funniest possible way that you can do this. Um, I gotta go, I gotta agree with Max on the, uh, using the side edge of it. But here's what I think everyone was missing. You can, if my hands are fully clean, if I am like scrubbed up, I am ready for surgery. I am mashing everything up inside the each side of the watermelon and I'm drinking it because the watermelon is mostly water. So the way you knock out most of that of the grams is consuming the fluid and, and making it as much of a smoothie as possible inside of it and drinking both sides. So, Rich, I'm really glad you brought up that because I'm going to bring a tool into the room if there is the possibility mm. of using it. So I agree. You have to slam this thing open, right? Use the side of the table. We uh, saw in this instance, Ramesh, throw it on the ground. Big mistake.
because then there's unaccounted melon that you have to deal with. Uh, but the plus you have like you have like shell getting in there. Uh, rye, not shell. You, you, have, <laughs> you have you have rye no, it's getting in there. It's an egg. So what I am going to do in this instance is I am going to bring two tools with or three tools with me. If there is a mallet in the kitchen, bringing that in. I am bringing a Are you knife. Going Gallagher style? Well, wait for it. I'm bringing a knife, and the most important tool is I'm bringing a blender into the room because if no, I bu- can... bullshit, you're not getting that plugged in into the blender, blended up and consumed in sixty <laughs> well, seconds. Max, time. Let, bullshit. Let, let me let me just say what the idea in my thought process is. Yeah, tell me about your know, bullshit idea, Jeff. I don't know what this room looks like on the inside, right? <laughs> I don't know. There could be a ton of outlet extenders everywhere. So I could just plug in this blender and be like, cool, we're going to go. And I'm going to get like at least another quarter of a melon down my gullet without throwing up. But if it is a shitty situation, I'm dropping everything. And Rich, you 100% have it right. You got to slam it against the table and you got to just start juicing that melon with your hands. Uh, otherwise I'm going to try, but the other thing that I did think about is no one said you couldn't use Alex to set up some of the melon for you in a blender while you're devouring, uh, half of that melon as a whole. So I might ask Alex. So you're using a, you're using an Airbud logic for for (laughs) completing this challenge. Was it in the envelope that I couldn't use an Airbud logic? Was it? But even if he does, you're taking time out of this task to assume that Alex will understand the rules that you're trying to implement onto him. That's I, fair. I think, I think you're just killing time here. And Rich, I think that you're you're killing time with, with squeezing with your hands. All right. So now we have to debate who is the winner of this task, given that all of our strategies, none of us is just going in with a spoon. Right, all of our strategies are pretty similar as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is hard because we're we're all impartial. <laughs> I I'm obviously inclined to give Jeff last. I think he's killing way oh, too much time. I, you're killing time. You're killing time. You're you're wasting time. Oh yeah, Jeff. God. the 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 most the most time intensive part of that is scooping everything from the melon into the blender. That's that's very true. That's very true. So I will, you know what? For the sake of debate, I will proudly take last, even though I feel like I am <laughs> doing the Airbud strategy of all of us. Who do we think is in second? Well, Jeff. Now that you've been eliminated, what what do okay, you think? Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's very fair. So personally. I think that, Rich, you, you do have a very good idea. I don't think you're squeezing that melon as quickly as you think you're squeezing it, in all honesty, with That's your fair. hands. Uh, I think you probably have good grip I'm strength. I'm buying a watermelon today to test But that you're going to also, if we learned anything, they counted just random vomit and juices as um, part of the overall <laughs> weight of that melon. Yeah, and I think was- you're going to... Can I we think just you're... talk about how upsetting it was to just see someone throw up on national television? <laughs> and I, I genuinely think you are going to, in this instance, potentially lose um, a lot of juice to the floor. So I am inclined to give it to Max in this instance. Max, congratulations. 
you have gained three points. Well done, Max. Back in Rich, the game, baby. You, you have gained two <laughs> points, and I have gained a point. All right. So our second task, after we've seen how the points are going, uh, we're given our new task, which is extreme art. Paint the best picture of a horse whilst riding a horse. And if you two gentlemen turn around, you will see... No, I'm kidding. Instead, what we are going to a do... Horse. Is I have found recently a program that we can use to see how well we can all draw a horse. Uh, so what we're what? going to be doing is we're going to, I'm going to put a timer on the clock for one minute. We have to stand up wherever we are and start drawing a horse while bopping up and down as if we are squatting on a horse. If you are on the YouTube, Wait. this is going to be sped up uh, because a minute of dead air on a podcast is insane. Uh, but <laughs> while we're here, we're going to send it to our sponsors while we are riding horses. Hey, passengers, this is Captain Jeff. When I'm not watching TV shows or terrible TV pilots, you'll find me on Spotify listening to new and exciting artists. One album that I've been recently streaming is this week's sponsor, James Keith Norman and Beck Norman's album, Us Upon Sleep. If you are looking for something calm and relaxing that is great for meditation or even a walk, I would highly recommend it. So after the episode, make sure to search Us Upon Sleep on Spotify, or any of your favorite streaming services. Now, back to the episode. Well, welcome back from the ad break. Uh, we are all losing our minds slowly but surely. Um... What we are going to do is we are going to each share our screen. So what we're going to do is we are each going to share our screen to show our beautiful photo of our horses. Um, Rich, I'm going to call on you first. Since you are yeah. in the lead, show us your beautiful drawing or interpretation of a horse. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Can you guys see this at all? <laughs> Wait. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my computer kept freezing okay. while we're on video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, for those who have not who are not watching us on YouTube, I beg of you to go uh, on right now. But uh, I just want to note that on the program that we use, it says what you intended to draw. And Rich's is a sweater, a jacket, and various different hats up at the top of the screen. <laughs> because this is truly magnificent. Um, Rich, thank you so much for sharing You're this. You're so welcome. Um, and you can, Max, I'm going to ask you to share your screen okay. now. Um, so at least your mind auto draw seemed to be a little bit more keen on what I was doing. 
Okay, that's definitely a little bit better. Yeah, you, I definitely... you can see you can see the saddle in the middle there, oh and it's, it's got God. it's got four legs and a tail. Oh and wow! Its mouth is kind of open there. That's yeah. uh, you know what, Max. I will say right now, Rich, uh, it is not looking hot as far <laughs> as you winning. I think that we can say that right I mean, now we are looking okay. at our current first place. I I think. <laughs> All right, you were able to get a lot more brush strokes in than I was, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, I will be going last, and we can check out what I have put together for us. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm pretty proud of this, in all honesty. I don't know about you two gentlemen. I think hey. this looks very horse-like. Wow. It literally says horse. horse. You can't write horse on top. <laughs> you can't write horse. Yes, I can. Just in case. And look, all of my suggestions were some form of four-legged mammal up at the top. I also so, love that it has um, a dog's nose and ram's horns. <laughs> That is not ram's horns. That's its fucking mane, you asshole. This is for no, it's it's for the audience. It looks to like decide. a really shitty. It's like a it's like a real shitty Greek mythological beast. <laughs> God. Well, <laughs> gentlemen, let's rank. Uh, let's put our rankings together. Uh, Rich, obviously, I was you're in one. last place. There's no there's no way in hell. There's no way obviously in hell you're winning this. All right, so Rich. Based off of the horses that we drew, what do you think is the current setup? Oh God, I gotta go. Actually, Jeff, I'm going yours in number in first place. I think yours actually hey. looks the most like a like a like a fully complete creature. Jeff not only drew a horse, he drew the word horse. <laughs> <laughs> Max, I, I I do want to congratulate you. You gotta shitload of brush strokes in but max uh, max i will say if we're playing the game horse you're winning on you're winning hands down (laughs) Um, oh i mean banks open all day baby (laughs) so gentlemen we are in a dead lock for a tie and we have two more tasks to go our second to last task our second our last pre-film task in this instance is very simple There is a bathtub that is filled with water, has a plug in it, and needs to be emptied. Couple rules. You can't pull the plug on the bathtub. If the plug gets pulled, you automatically are disqualified. You also, and this was not really said when we were watching, you can't be uh, tipping over the bathtub to be able to empty it of all of its remnants and water. So... I want to hear from each of you. How how would we empty said bathtub? Well, I have to give just credit to the two actual contestants on this show who thought that they could siphon bathtub fluid and then <laughs> just get it to automatically drain out of the tub. Uh, I it, It's just a bonkers concept. I've never siphoned gasoline myself. I don't know if you guys have. Don't um, lie. But Not going to admit it. The, the, no- <laughs> the notion that you would be able to just like get the soapy bath water to continuously run like you would get that stream going is is insane logic to me. Myself, I am going to that garden shed and I am getting the largest uh, just like trash receptacle I can find. And I'm just doing a, a scoop and throw in there. I'm getting as much of that out there with trash cans as possible. 
And once we've gotten down to the bottom, I'm grabbing as many just like towels and cloths as I can and soaking up that last little bit and then just chucking the towels. Rich, what about you? Ooh, that's a that's a great bet. All right, I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing a, uh, I'm doing a combination of the uh, the Ramesh and the Tim strategies. I am grabbing three things. I'm grabbing the big trash can. I'm grabbing the uh, smaller pot that they're using to like very quickly evacuate the uh, the dance floor here, and uh, and then I'm also grabbing a towel. So I am jumping in after I do a couple trash cans worth, and I'm using the Tim method of just scooping things out really, really quickly. And then I'm also, but to do that, I'm also using the smaller pot to go quicker and quicker and quicker down to the bottom because they get yeah. the ability to take more and more water than other of than the other like implements. Um, to do it and then uh, finishing up with the towel. I think that was a, that's a, the, the right strategy. So I think that the way that I'm doing it is I'm going to be jumping inside of the tub 100%. Mm -hmm. But before I even jump in the tub, I'm going to sprint into that house to grab the largest um, like pan for like boiling pasta or something like that. Because mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be able to maneuver that in the tub while I'm in it, as opposed to a trash can, where you saw the folks who have the trash can, it was a little bit heavy because of how much water they're putting in there. So you're trusting that I can lift up this trash can with enough e uh, ease and efficiency as possible. But while I'm in the house, I'm grabbing the towels while I'm in there so I don't have to run back to get them. Mm. And then it is madman dash in that i was about to say pool in the tub but making sure and here's the thing that you have to be really careful about that plug as we saw it went out fairly easily so yeah. we have to make sure that you are only on one side of that tub the entire time as much as it. you possibly can be yeah that that also you could straddle the top it looked like a fairly large tub as a whole with that, I, I like that we've been using the person in last place to say who the winner is. Uh, who's in last place amongst the three of us to cause as little debate as possible? Oh, boy. Ah, see, this is this is the toughest one. I feel like we all have pretty equal strategies. I, I feel like I want to give a little bit of an edge to Jeff because, one, I know that he's just a chaotic individual and I think he would do really <laughs> well at this task. But also, he seems to be... He seems to be maneuvering the tub well in his in his battle plan. So I, I don't think it's I don't I don't I don't think Jeff's losing here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I also think you have to kind of have the eye of the tiger like Tim did for uh, for this one. Like I think I don't I also <laughs> the fact that Tim keeps cheating is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> and every time that he cheats, it gets more and cheekier and cheekier as far as how he is cheating is just absolutely it adds an element that you're not expecting but also is like you you're talking about five comedians in this show right mm -hmm. to have one of them just to have all of them be good but not one of them be chaotic good is just like you need that chaotic chaotic good individual to make this show even more enjoyable as a whole you know what i'm absolutely. gonna i'm gonna take away from the team here i um i am the only one of the three of us who did not volunteer to get in the tub 
I, uh, I think I am obviously weak when it comes to the water. And I do think Jeff is right that I would be uh, weighed down by the trash can. <laughs> so I, I, think, I think I'm in third here. So, Max, who is your winner from your perspective? Uh, I am going first third. place to Jeff, second place to Rich, third place to myself. Very honorable of you uh, to honorable. do so. Imagine so, cannonballing this one and just breaking your tailbone immediately. See, I was actually thinking about so how much water funny. could I displace with my own body, just like getting in there before before I even like do that. I'm like, I'm gonna bust my ass. I can't do that. Well, I was also thinking about like if I had not heard that the rule was there was no tipping, I wonder how much that tub weighed as a whole. Because if that's a cast iron tub, someone's pulling their back. Right, oh, yeah. like someone is absolutely destroying their body as a whole. Yeah, it's a pretty so, antique clawfoot tub. That's got some heft to it. So, going into the final task of our time, we have myself in first, Rich in second, and Max. You are in last place, but we have one last task, mm-hmm. and I think this is why we have this live audience. Right, the live audience is here to watch the spectacle of some of their favorite comedians do a ridiculous task in person so that they are able to potentially, in this case, be able to say, yeah, I got to see uh, Josh Whitaker, you know, in this situation, our task was go into a pop-up tent and jump out in a onesie um, and see how quickly he could do it. And I think he almost puked because of how out of breath he was. Um, So... Like, and I, I love this element. I think it adds a little bit of something. I think it is that chaoticness that makes this show delightful as a whole. What about you two? Yeah, I think I think you need the live show. Like the pre-recorded challenges are fun, and I think there is absolutely appeal to they hid everyone's stuff from the other competitors so they're watching it live for the first time. So they do find ways to create a live show environment, even in studio. But you do need to see real reactions. You do need to see people reacting to things in real time. And so the TED challenge brings that all together back at the studio. Rich, what about you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think otherwise, like, you're just watching people's talk about, like, videos that had previously been recorded. So if you didn't have that element, like, I really think you would lose something for the actual audience that's there, which is super crucial to the energy of the show anyways. Um, Also, you get to see like how fervent each of them really are at completing these tasks, like in real time. Um, Cause otherwise you're just going off of like videos where they can just be as goofy as they want. But it, once you see them like really get into competitive mode, that adds a lot to it. I I think that also the beauty of doing this and the beauty of the first episode and sort of, you know, I, for those of you that are a fan of a certain sketch show that is on a stricken network, Mm -hmm. there is a great sketch where there is a game show and a person had an entire summer to figure out what they were going to do on the show (laughs) and they have no idea what they're going to do. Um, (laughs) This pilot reminded me of that that so much because none of these contestants had any idea of like, what sort of intensity do I need to be bringing to any of these tasks? And at this point, we're at the culmination of, holy shit, 
people are taking this really seriously and mm-hmm. I don't want to come in last. So I have to bring this energy as And a this is where I see what Alex Horn was pitching with the show too, where it's like, no, 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 no. It's not different people every episode. You can't air it out of order. There is an arc that we are building because these people are going to get cutthroat. They're going to take it personally and they're going to come back and do it again like five more times before we actually crown a winner. This isn't... Mm-hmm. The episode, this is like just one battle in the war. And, and this mm-hmm. is this is where you start to really see that. Yeah. And to give the audience, uh, folks who are listening to this, some idea, the gap between last and first right now is two points, right? There could very much be a tie coming out of this final task, um, depending on how we think we would approach it. So, gentlemen... Our task that has been given to us by the Taskmaster is jumping in this one-person pop-up tent uh, that I have never seen one of these before in my life. They look like a delight. And jumping out in a onesie. Um, and I would like to hear from you, too. How how are we going about this? How are we making sure we're ending up in the actual tent itself? Rich, sure. uh, I'm making you think on your feet. All right. What are you, what um, are you thinking? All right. I have my strategy set. Um, here's my, here's my, uh, my clincher. I'm wearing comfortable shoes. I can kick them off super easily. I am putting the onesie under my feet and I am popping up that tent because there's apparently no bottom to it. I'm popping that tent over me. All I have to do, the shoes are off. I'm, I'm throwing the onesie up. I'm out of there. Like Frank. Okay, Max, what about yourself? So, so, Rich, are you saying you're going onesie over full clothing? Yes. All, all of them went onesie over full clothing. Okay. All right, Max, what about yourself? Yeah, so I, I'm not wearing any sort of dress shoe on this. I'm either going with a casual sneaker or, in all likelihood, a loafer. We are going absolutely no, no complicated shoe whatsoever. Uh, some of you gentlemen need to keep in mind is I spent years performing in the theater and i know how to do a motherfucking quick change so i am absolutely getting that tent over me i am rushing to my next queue i am slipping that onesie on and i am emerging ready to hit my mark and say my lines so in a surprise twist i am putting myself in last place because i have the worst flexibility and the broadest (laughs) shoulders of all three of us (laughs) So Jeff is the only one to exit wearing the tent. <laughs> yes. So I know I am going to be the idiot who tries to get in the tent. And you see, I, I truly loved in this episode, you saw the tents like walking around like they were some gigantic minions. Um, I very much see that being my situation, potentially falling over in the tent, because sometimes I have a hard time putting on a T-shirt without a groan here or there or maneuvering in a certain way. (laughs) So that brings us to who comes in first. And Max, I think you gave an extremely good argument. Um, I think that the quick change that you have Mm -hmm. uh, in your repertoire is very, very, it's a learned skill, right? Whenever I see quick changes in like, whenever I see the NBA halftime show and it's a quick change, I am fully bought in. I'm oh, like, the, that the, is the pros, the best. That is how, how do you do that? I can barely change t-shirts is the question I'm asking myself <laughs> every single time. So 
Well, Max comes in first, rich, valiant effort. You come in second, uh, and I come in last. We, like this episode, have a tiebreaker that we need to do. Um, Now, I did love this moment in the episode where Greg Davies admits that he does not know what happens here. Uh, And truly, the like, this is a pilot, and I have no idea what I'm about to com- uh, do. So I have thought well, of a tiebreaker. Okay. Oh, Rich, um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say my game of the week this week involves the both of you. I do not know who is tied at first right now, but um, I, all of us are tied at first. All right. In oh, this moment I am going to bow out then. Cause I have a, I have a game of the week that would settle this. If we would like to do it that way. What is Rich's game of the week to call this tiebreaker? I have instructed both of your wives to have a secret phrase ready. And as soon as you guys take off, or as soon as I say go, you are to, and you have to show me your phones as well. So you can't take your phones with you. You have to memorize what they're saying. It's a. Okay. I need you to make sure that you get the entire phrase in order. And ready. I have it sitting here. I have it sent both to Mary Kate and to Alex. And you guys have right when I say go to run to them, get the secret phrase, and give it back to me exactly. If you say it, if you say it incorrectly to me, then you're then you're out. Uh, and three, okay. two, one, go. <laughs> Alex, come down here and tell me the fucking. <laughs> For the for our listening audience at home, uh, Jeff's strategy seems to be yelling for his wife from a different floor of the house. Uh, Max is running to Max is back very quickly. <laughs> All right, Max, you're first. Red, red reputation, folklore, 1989 midnights. Fuck you, Max. <laughs> All right, Max got it. Yeah. <laughs> Karma is a pod. <laughs> oh my god. Not oh, only did god. I have to run up one set of stairs, I had to run up a second set of stairs to get. Oh my god. Well, I'm well, glad... play shimmer. The um I'm so glad that I did it this way. Um and not Alex was super down to hide somewhere in your house to, to make it harder for you to find her. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been very confusing for me if Jeff's wife hid in my house. (laughs) Both both of your wives have switched places. Max, first of all, congratulations. We're doing wife swap next week? (laughs) Stay tuned. Oh, God. Uh, Um, Max, congratulations on winning the first and only episode of TV Pilots License Taskmaster. Well done. Uh, your trophy is in the mail. Yeah. Oh, I get <laughs> the diarrhea play. painted? Great. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta play the horns. You gotta you do get the a, horn noise in the edit. You get a diarrhea painting and a coaster. Uh, what <laughs> it, what trophies you have won. Uh, but, but the real trophy is I would love to talk with you two about the things that we loved about this pilot, this first episode of taskmaster that we were able to watch max let's start with you as our champion i mean i I think it's just that there's nothing 
that I've seen like on American TV. And I also like watching comedians compete in physical based challenges. We put, uh, we put a bunch of indoor kids onto horsebacks and making them do physical feats. And that's really fun. We, we don't, we don't spend a lot of time doing that. So that's always a delight. Rich, what about you? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this. I feel like uh, this is something that I I could see being so much more fun for a British audience than an American one, unfortunately. I would love for Americans to just like enjoy the fun in anything with no stakes. Uh, like, you know, even shows like... Um, or I guess we're going to have to bleep that. Um it shows like an untitled uh, comedy game show hosted by Chris Hardwick <laughs> um, uh, had, <laughs> had pretty high stakes and expected everyone to come up with answers pretty rapid fire in a way that's kind of unnatural for a lot of stand-up comedians anyways. And, you know, that did pretty well, but I, I don't think I don't think this is going to work in the U.S. or, you know, I think they tried, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. And for myself, I think that it's really fun to see people think on their feet. Right. And see people truly give themselves up to their true chaoticness as yeah. a whole, uh, let alone being able to have those funny people commenting bantering amongst each other if this was just you know we've we've seen the shows of like what would you do and right like watch what happens live and stuff like that and it what ends up happening is if you just have a clip show this just becomes um you know insert daniel tosh's comedy central show uh Mm -hmm. that he had and I don't need that. I want more. I want to see the people who did these things be embarrassed about how much effort, like the sh- level of shame I feel for running up two sets of stairs to try to get the list of Taylor Swift albums and then run back down said stairs only to find Max had done it first is gigantic, but also <laughs> exhilarating. Well, that's, the same that's time, your fault for owning property. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. This is how we so publish homeowners. What I would say, oh my god. So what I would say is, I I genuinely think that this format is refreshing. This format it allows for much more than traditional panel TV show. That's why we see a lot of the late night TV shows that have been on investing in more segments that are like this that are. Mm-hmm. celebrities are just like us look at how a celebrity tries to complete this thing as a whole yeah with that said any wait a minute moments for you two gentlemen i think for me it's it's something to be said for just like how i'm used to the overstimuli of like american tv and it felt like at times the show was a little hollow and slow like i think i'm just used to game shows and competitions where it is like loud and in your face and there's music and there's like big mm-hmm. transitions and replays and things like that. And for this to be almost quaint in a way, what was at times a little distracting for me? Like, I think I almost needed more going on, but that also might just be because I'm used to shows where people are playing 
miniature golf ball getting lit on fire and are <laughs> jumping across giant pool inflatables and getting hit with, you know, rotating noodles and things like that. I, I'm just sure. so used to so much happening that I don't know if this did it for me in the same way. Rich, what about you? Yeah, I get that. I think because this is a pilot and maybe the this test group is uh, a number of the comedians that did this show live with Edinburgh Fringe, I think a lot of people were trying to figure out how seriously they should take it. And there was a there was a moment about like two or three tasks in where I can tell that Rasheen was like really not bought in on how much effort that she should put into this. You know, there was a little bit of hesitation from Frank and Josh as well. Ramesh and Tim like went crazy immediately and dove in and made it like a, a true competition. But I, I definitely think there are some moments where people were a little hesitant to break out of that cone of like shame, I guess, of doing it, of like wanting to totally. put themselves out there and, and like really not worry about making a fool of themselves. And, and I think once they probably, I I've only seen clips of other episodes. I haven't watched like full ones. Um, once they start getting a little bit more of a reputation of like, yeah, you want to win, you want to look crazy. Um, that's when I think the real competition would start. But at the moment they're like, they hadn't earned that yet. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with you, Rich. I feel like this, the first time anyone does anything right is mm -hmm. there is a learning curve associated mm -hmm. with it of how do I react? Right? Like I sort of equate this to the idea of the first time someone dunked a basketball, right? And you know, you know, the rules of the game, but then like in 1944, I think um, this guy dunks a basketball, they stopped the game. They had no idea what to do uh, because they were like, Oh, that's a travel. Oh, that's a foul. Like they literally, Pause the game. Yeah, the game. Foul. No, two fouls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it literally likes they had no idea what to do. Um, but I think that the beauty of this is that and like it's the first pilot. Things are gonna feel weird. Uh, but you can't do a test episode with the folks who you're gonna have in that season because then that ruined the entirety of the concept of the show at the same time. So it's not without its flaws, right? This is not, by no means is this a perfect pilot, but I think that they definitely were on to something. Before we get to legacy of the show, we do have an in-flight question that I'm super excited about. And that is, of any celebrity of your choice, who do you think would be the best and worst contestant Ooh. on Taskmaster? My best is Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise would have oh. a level of a uh, of like disconcern of like looking like a fool sometimes, and also he is very strong with his uh, his uh, like I don't know. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was about to just call him super short. I don't know why I was going to do that. Um, but yeah, he's he's very like, he's very strong. He, he has the ability to like really go for it. And I think he'd be like knives out, like ready, ready to win. Max, what about you? Who would be your best? So if we're talking like actual major celebrities, I think the person I have to give it to is Ryan Gosling. Just mm. because Gosling's a weirdo. Like, Gosling's a real weirdo. This is a guy who, throughout his career as a major movie star, has 
taken jobs at a deli to make sandwiches just for fun, rides the single rider line at Disneyland, has, you know, just done all these eccentric activities for his own amusement. And I think that he would get so competitive in this and it would just be an absolute delight to watch. So Rich, I'm going sort of in your avenue, but I'm thinking of actors or celebrities in this case who are super witty, who don't take themselves too seriously and aren't afraid to put something ridiculous on tape, right? Um, and I'm going with Conan O'Brien. I think that Conan O'Brien mm. would be an excellent choice. Brilliant man, he does um, be the funniest. extremely witty human being, and he would be the funniest, but he also has a history of doing wild shit like this. The other one that I would also put out there is Kevin Hart. I feel like could do this in a second and just absolutely dominate. Uh, just someone who literally does not give a shit sometimes and just is like, yeah, I'm going to win and I'm going to be mm -hmm. the most competitive human being. Um, well, thank you so much for that in-flight question. That was a lot oh, of we fun didn't, to think about. We didn't about. cover our worst. Let's because I got a oh, great answer. Oh, do you want to give? Do you want to? Oh, hundred Do you want to put someone on blast? Go for it. <laughs> yes, Steven Seagal would be the worst person to put on the show. He is. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> end of statement. You don't need a reason why. You could tell. Timothy Chalamet. No explanation needed. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna put someone on blast, and this is someone who's been very honest about their the situation that happened. I'm going to say Tom Segura. Uh, Tom Segura, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, but there's a video of you breaking your arm while attempting to dunk a basketball that is genuinely just astonishing. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't think your reputation can recover from that as far as athletic or skill prowess. As no, one, no one who has a podcast can dunk a basketball. It's science. Yeah. <laughs> That's why LeBron well, refuses thank you to get one. So much. Oh, that's a uh, <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, so, thank you so much for that in-flight question. Let's talk a little bit about the legacy of this show. Uh, this show has 15 seasons, 138 episodes, and six separate specials uh, of the Red Nose Day or New Year's Day variety. Um, the British version of the show is actually broadcast in 11 different countries. Um, and for a short time, it was actually broadcast in North America as well, uh, in the US as well as Canada. More importantly, this show really created a sensation internationally. There are 13 international versions of the show around the world. And Rich, you mentioned it. There was a US version of this show. Uh, it was unique in the sense that our taskmaster was Reggie Watts, uh, but our assistant was Alex Horn. Alex Horn personally came to the U.S. Oh. to do this show, and it only lasted a season. Um, it was very poorly received, and genuinely, um, having watched a few episodes of that as well, it didn't have the same feeling. Uh, it didn't have that same spirit as well. Max, did you do a little research on this as well? Yeah, so for those at home who want to know about the 2018 Comedy Central version led by Taskmaster Reggie Watts, the panel on that season included DJ Dylan Francis, okay. actor and surgeon Freddie Highmore, uh, comedian Kate Berlant, 
Uh, comedian oh. Lisa Lampanelli and comedian Ron Funches with Kate Berlant winning the season. Wow. So if you'd like to find that, uh, go and find that. Um, but as far as other media that Taskmaster is responsible for, there is actually a podcast entirely dedicated to Taskmaster featuring some of the previous contestants. Yeah, you're listening uh, to it a right board now. board game. Uh, during COVID, hashtag home tasking started trending uh, of people doing different taskmaster tasks in their home while they were that. trying to figure out how to pass the time. Uh, and there are also multiple books that have been published about some of the tasks, the creation of the show, and all of that. This is the first time since this, uh, since the strike that we have been able to talk about awards, so I am pumped this show has been nominated for 24 different awards and has nine wins. Uh, that actually includes some BAFTAs, uh, which is insane that it was nominated for some of those. But it's won a multitude of British Comedy Guide Awards for Best TV Entertainment Show, as well as Comedy of the Year. And it also won some British National Comedy Awards as well. Um, and the great news is about this show, if you enjoy it, it doesn't look like it's stopping any time soon. This is really just a juggernaut of its own type. So, you know, best of luck to those who are involved with the show and to those who are fans. Enjoy it while you have it. And if you are trying to find this show, you can find many of the seasons in full on YouTube on the Taskmaster YouTube channel. We've already done Rich's Game of the Week. I am still winded from it. Uh, <laughs> but before we land this plane, I have two questions for you gentlemen. One, would you continue watching this version of Taskmaster, given the pilot that you just watched and experienced in some sense of the word? Uh, and secondly, do you think that this show should potentially be given a second chance in the United States or should it just live on in British and international lore as something we gaze from afar and wish we had some version here? I can go first. Max, I'll start. Oh, with I'm you. sorry. This, this was actually a surprise for me in that I don't think I would be implored to keep watching the show. I, I think that at times I found it dragging a little bit for me. I definitely get appeal. I have friends who are super into the show. I'm glad I checked it out for the first time. I would personally love to compete in it in a full capacity, but I don't think it's something I'm going to go back and keep watching. It just wasn't something that really gripped me in the way I was hoping for. As for could it be remade in the US again? I, I don't, I think it can, but not in the way that works for Taskmaster. I think you would have to see stuff really mixed up. I think you would have to see new casts, bigger scale for it to reach what American audiences want. There's so many shows of celebrities doing things also too. We've got celebrities in Mars simulators right now and celebrities in Marine boot camps and celebrities pretending to be firefighters for competitive sake. Like we have so many things. I think it could work. I also just think it needs to have more rotation and just be like a higher stimuli show. Rich, what about yourself? Um, I definitely, this has all the trappings of a passive show for me. It's, it, this is a folding laundry show for me, for sure. 
This is something I have on while I'm working. This is something I can zone in and out of attention for. Like, I know I'm not like uh, when I'm paying attention, I know I'll get a couple of really good jokes when I'm not paying attention. I won't feel bad about missing said jokes. And uh, yeah, I just think like this is a quintessential like people are joking around having a good time. I'll just have that on in the background kind of thing. Um, whether or not it's going to be made and uh, it can be remade for the U.S. successfully. I really hope it doesn't just because of all the examples that Max listed. Um, I think there are far too many networks and streaming services, et cetera, that just get away with, oh, my God, the celebrity is doing blah, blah, blah. It's the dancing of the with the stars of it all or Battle of the Network Stars, or, you know, all that, you know, that tradition goes back a long way. And it all, it's, it's none of it's good. Like, I, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see people playing beer pong on Jimmy Fallon. I don't want to, you know, I, it's just like it, that part of that level of interest in these particular celebrities is fully over my head. I do not know why people enjoy that. Um, However, I do like a challenge that's creative and funny, and I did enjoy uh, Untitled Chris Hardwick competitive comedy show as well. Um, that that was very fun. I know they're bringing they're potentially bringing that back. Um, yeah, I'm just don't don't do this, or at least don't do this in like in this exact format because we're not going to watch. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, to to finish us off, I. Max, I agree with you. I think this pilot was a little bit slow. But as we talked about, I think this is, we're figuring it out. We're figuring out what we're doing. And we're trying to make it feel authentic at the same time. Um, I would definitely watch more of this show, Rich. I agree with you in the idea of this isn't something that you're just watching this. At least in the beginning, right? Maybe after the first season. When folks have an idea of like, okay, this is what I'm doing when I'm signing up for the show. Like, let's make it engaging. Let's have a writer's room think of these tasks and think about like, what are the different things that could happen hypothetically to see how exciting it would be. Um, and, you know, I, I can say very honestly and proudly, I have watched a lot of this show and they do figure it out for those who are curious. They, they figure it out in a big way. And, hmm. um, there, there is just to give you an idea. There is an episode they rented out an entire airport, and I'm just going to leave that there, and you can figure out what they did with that. As far as them remaking it in the U.S. or trying again, Rich, I'm really glad you brought up Dancing with the Stars um, <laughs> because there is a certain level of celebrity that is open to doing stuff like this. Um, there is a certain level of celebrity that has the availability to do stuff like mm -hmm. this. And for an American to actually sit down and watch this and for it to get good enough ratings for people to be like, hey, we need to make more seasons of this. You need a certain level of celebrity to join that is above what we're currently getting on current celebrity-driven platforms. Um, I don't think any... The, the beauty of a game show, the beauty of a panel show is how cheap it is to make. I don't think any show is going to, or any network executive, given the SAG strike and the WGA strike, is willing to pay 
more than they need to for anything. Um, so what I hope is that this just continues to live on in the whimsy that is British television and channel four, and I can watch it from my YouTube, uh, and be able to just get all of the episodes that I'd like. Um, with that being said, our flight across the pond has come to a land, uh, before we depart, where can we find you two gentlemen? Uh, you can catch me looking for a nice place in my apartment to hang my brand new diarrhea painting and on all <laughs> things social media at Maxwell Singh. You can find me uh, learning how to draw a horse for the first time in my life and uh, also on social media at Damn That's Damn, uh, sorry, Damn That's Rich. And also uh, check out uh, Max and my TikTok, Dad Wagon Comedy. We just posted a brand new video up there. Go check it out. And you can find me trying to figure out the logistics of blending a melon. Uh, but if you are looking for me on social media, you can find me at Run Jeff Run. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, social media, any platform you listen to podcasts at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com. Or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to watch out for our Instagram for sneak previews of some of our upcoming episodes. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, your time has begun. <laughs>